Anxiety in my life. Hey, we're talking anxiety. <sighs> can't breathe. My heart's racing. Can't sleep. Lord Jesus. Do you struggle with anxiety, Rory? I absolutely do not. But the person that asked this question does. Hey, uh, I'm a teacher. And with school starting in a few weeks, anxiety is um, really starting to creep in. Um, like even the thought of just returning to real life after having the summer off is causing a lot of anxiety to the point where it's affecting my sleep, which isn't good. Um, and I'm just generally just unsure how to manage it. Okay. So what do you do with it? You say you don't have any issues with anxiety, but so do you have any kind of perspective to bring into this? It depends on the scenario. So with well, this one, it's like his, <laughs> he's got anxiety about school starting back up. It's like, welcome to everyone who's ever gone to school, right? <laughs> you remember that back? It's like when your school starts up. I think that it's when you, it's back to school shopping. That's when it used to hit me as a kid. That's when, you know, summer is officially over and like the parents taunt the kids. It's like, ah, back to school is coming or whatever. But in this scenario, the kids can actually use it on him. It's like, ah, Mr. Question Guy, back to school. He's like, ah. <laughs> You were actually homeschooled, right? So, like, what's the that, There was so school? much wisdom oozed in that. <laughs> I, it's actually a question I wanted to know. Like, is it, is it, like, do you do back to home shopping or is it, is it, you go shopping for, <laughs> this is my new sweater. So clever. I've never heard mom. these jokes before. <laughs> I have never heard any of these jokes. These are so great. It's not even a joke. I'm actually curious. Like, is it, like, what do you, I had a really non traditional homeschool experience, which puts me in a completely different category where, that didn't exist. I would I'll, let me let me talk about the regular homeschool folks. It, yeah, you usually go you go get supplied. The, the thing is, is parents will choose their calendar year, and so a lot of parents I know will do it in six months, or they'll do it over the summer. So there's it's like a different back to school time. It's not like a normal schedule, right? It's like had answers. like five months off school or something like that. Oh, you crammed I, it all into seven months. I, I know, I know people have done that. I mean, it's, it's completely wild. I think that where the struggle comes in with homeschool people is trying to figure out, I mean, it's just like working from home, separating regular life, family life and school life, because it's your if your mom is your teacher, then that kind of can get weird, but I don't know, man, here, listen, Neil, this is anxiety in general, in general, anxiety we like to externalize it that I am anxious because Rory is looking at me like I'm weird and I'm anxious about that. So the problem is Rory's looking at me like I'm weird, but really there's nothing I can do to control Rory. There's nothing I can do to control school starting. There's nothing I can do with some of these external stuff. So we have to figure out what do we do with that energy of anxiety because the circumstances we can't change. It's when it is out of the norm. So like when you're venturing into something new, you ask yourself, what could possibly go wrong? And mm -hmm. then anxiety answers, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell and you. That's what it, it delivers all these, like, these, these roadblocks, right? I'm actually excited that you don't have anxiety because I'd like to hear kind of your perspective looking as an outsider, anxious person. What is your kind of logic behind anxiety of like, it just doesn't make sense to you? Like how come you don't have it? That's wild to me. 
it just I, I know people that do and so i get that that it it can be crippling in a lot of scenarios and prevent you from doing some of the things that you want to do and I, i'm grateful that i I don't have those limitations. Like I remember we used to take road trips and my wife would have the driving anxiety or whatever. Right. So I would be, I'd have an earbud in an ear. I'd be trying to like uh, uh, sip like whipped cream off the straw of my drink and driving with my knees. And she's looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, what? Woo. Road trip. And so. Is that uh, driving anxiety or is that just being aware and cautious that you're driving like a maniac? It could be a little bit of both, but the point is it didn't phase me whatsoever. Whether we die in a fiery crash or not, that is God's plan. And we haven't yet. So obviously we still have work to do on this earth. You're giving me anxiety right now. I'm getting anxious <laughs> just listening to you talk. Dude, listen. So anxiety, if we think about it, what you just said, is this anticipation of what is to come that we don't know. And it annoys me because sometimes people will say like, oh, we'll just use that energy that, you know, your body's ready. That means you're excited. You're not anxious. And I'm like, no, it's not, Paul. It means you're freaking anxious. You're not excited. You don't feel good. I mean, if you have anxiety at night and you can't sleep, like our listener question right now, we have to figure out what to do with that energy. And so I'm going to tap into something I think you might like because my mind goes to is lifestyle of how can we really look at, and it sounds crazy with me. Hold on. How can we look at what we're doing day to day to take care of our body, to have a house that's not going to be prime for anxiety. So less caffeine. I'm no hurting people's feelings, more water, you know, sleeping at a normal rhythm some of the stuff that stimulus and health stuff, I think if we could start taking care of that, we'll position ourselves to be a better host where when that energy comes, we can deal with it better. Our last podcast was about uh, alcohol and, and quitting mm -hmm. and, and boozy Susie stuff. And I, I recall Bert Kreischer and Joe Rogan, they do this thing every year called Sober October. And Bert stops drinking for an entire month and he notices specifically his anxiety disappears for that entire month and then it yep. comes back in november when he starts drinking again so i guess it's all those i guess diet is a, is a huge factor when it comes to it i just think it's a easy the easiest low-hanging fruit for us to start thinking of because if you're dealing with massive anxiety over work or whatever like that obviously there's some deep-rooted issues there and that's going to take some time to address what you can address right now what you can do today is saying, okay, I'm gonna start going to bed at a regular time, turning off my screens, unwinding a little bit, drinking more water, cutting substances. And even if that doesn't help your anxiety, it's gonna help you as a person start thinking clearer and prime you to start being able to troubleshoot what's really going on in your life and deal with it and maybe reduce the anxiety. Yeah, it's never the thing. It's the it's the thing that is preventing you from doing the thing. Like in his case, like he's anticipating school starting and yep. like everything that's leading up to it. So it's not necessarily a fun place to live. Like you could tell him straight up, like you got to change careers. It's obviously giving you anxiety, but that's not it. It's like I'm pretty sure across the board, everything he does, like a big event or even small things, he could be like yeah. going for a run down by the water. Then he's like, oh, what if a tsunami comes and takes me into the ocean? And then I get, I'm now I'm shark bait, right? Yeah. And as, as ridiculous as that sounds, it prevents that person from running down by the water ever. So. Like what could he do to prevent like that overall haze of, oh my God, what if? 
Yeah, because you have to just figure out what can I do about this. And most of the stuff we can't do anything about. So it's like, look in my hands. What do I have control over? And simplest thing sometimes is just taking care of your own freaking body and your own mental health. Or telling your husband to pull over and you drive instead. I think that's a good idea. That's worse most of the time. But <laughs> where does service animals, medication, and all that sort of stuff come in? Oh, you're about to open up a freaking ass box. You're going to wish you hadn't opened. That's what we do. You know what? Let's forget that box. Let's just move on to the next episode. I am super, I want to say I'm anti-medication. I think we use it way, way, way too much, and we're not addressing the root problem. The body and the mind wants to heal itself. We are created to thrive and live, and the body wants to heal so instead of putting Band-Aids on things, and sometimes medication has saved lives, and I'm not talking about that, okay? There's that small percentage in the world genuinely needs it. I would say 80%, though, scientifically proven, 80%, y'all write that down. We use it as a Band-Aid. We do. So you can still eat like crap and drink to excess, but if you have the medication, then it, it still allows you to do that sort of stuff. Yes. Have you seen Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead? The dude with the cancer? Have you watched that documentary? No, but do <gasps> Oh, friend, I got to send it to you. Homeboy, like, has, like, all this... Like, people are like, you're going to die, and he has all this cancer, and he's 44 years old. Horrible condition. And he's like, I'm not going to die. I'm going to drink green juice for the next 60 days. And so he does his documentary. He just drinks green juice, drops a ton of weight, and then he goes back. His body already started to repair and heal himself, and then he got rid of the cancer, everything. And then he went around the world and was teaching other people how to heal their bodies. And it started with drinking effing green juice. I'm not saying it's a guy that you need to drink green juice, but, but your body thing, wants like, to Can I heal. just interject in, in that? Because I hear yes. all that all the time. You're a healthy person. I see you running every day. You eat very well. Like for folks like that, and let's just say you get diagnosed tomorrow. What do you do? Because most of these stories, like that guy is is gross. you right. And he's like, all right, I'm going to lose all this weight because, and, and all because my bad habits and now fix myself because I've just been eating, you know, treating my body like an amusement park for the last 40 years. And now I can figure, figure it out. But for yourself, you already have all those great habits. So what do you do? I guess medication. Really... Here's where I get crazy person on you. Okay. So if you look at, this is in a continuum and me compared to Americans, I'm a very healthy woman compared to Americans. But if we look at like what the body is actually supposed to consume, I'm not like I still Japanese person. You are nasty. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So there's always room to improve and it's not about beating yourself down. It's about trusting the way God created you and returning back to our natural state as humans. And I mean, this is coming from like, even looking at mental health and some of the worst cases in deep, dark places people have been in, sometimes medication can get you to a point where you can start thinking clearer and slowly start implementing healthier habits. But when we immediately run to medication, dude, we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to really thrive the way that we could. Be. Could. I have so many things I want to add to this, but it sort of like leaks into like longevity and stuff like that. We should do an isolated episode on longevity. Oh, I know. Here's the deal. You know anxiety. I mean? like zones and the whole thing. That'd be great. I have it. I've dealt with it. And I'll tell you hands down for me, whenever I start taking care of my physical body more, 
it subsides. Meditation's huge, huge. Meditate every day, even if it's just closing your eyes and just like being still in the present moment. You don't have to hum or anything. It just centers your body. Let me be the devil's advocate here because I, I don't meditate because I I hate it. Like my meditation is like walking just without a phone just to clear my head. I'm not saying that it that takes care of anxiety or anything like that. But like for the people that don't meditate, what, what are the highlights? Like why does it help with your anxiety? Well, I'm going to push back on you. I think you walking is meditation. Like we've put it in a box that you have to like sit with your legs crossed or whatever. That's not true. I It's very meditative me running. All meditation is, is presence where you can begin to separate your energy and your emotion from your identity. So you can see anxiety like, okay, I notice anxiety. I'm going to put it over here and separate myself from it as opposed to making it a part of my identity. That's where meditation comes in because you realize you're not your thoughts. You're not your feelings. You're a separate entity. Isn't there something where you would like ruminate with that thought? Tell me more. Let's just say you were, you just, what you just said, like you just taking your thoughts and putting them here instead of right here. What if you just stew in those thoughts? Isn't that spiraling into something worse? So if you look at like neuroplasticity and the way that the mind works with when you start to entertain thoughts, what you're doing is you're actually strengthening those neurological connections in your mind. So me sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, Rory is looking at me weird. Rory's looking at me weird. Oh my gosh, why is Rory looking at me weird? I'm actually creating connections in my brain that is going to associate that with you. And so ruminating over it actually conditions your mind to believe it over time and gets very, very strong. So you have to be really mindful sitting in that ruminating state because you're literally training your brain. Okay. That makes sense. Rory, I don't, I don't want this person to be anxious and I feel like I preached at them and it's hard. Anxiety is a really hard thing. Do you have any other things uplifting to encourage this folk dude? Cause I just told him to eat green juice and that's not uplifting. Seek a doctor and get medication for the <laughs> get a service animal do you have a pet i was in line at the airport the other day and and i i always i'm always zone one because i have a giant guitar and if you have a musical instrument you get you get priority service you're like basically military which is fantastic so even if i don't have a gig like i'll, I'll always fly with like a, a a violin or something small like you my recorder just so i can uh, get on forever i don't do that i'm just kidding but the person behind me in line, they had a service animal. And they're like, do you think, do I get priority service? I'm like, you have a living creature with you. Like, of course you get priority <laughs> service. And I, I kind of asked her a few questions. I kept, what, you know, what's the deal with their service animal? And she's like, no comment. I'm like, oh, <gasps> cool. So what, 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 what's your, I, I know statistically, or not statistically, but it's like petting an animal is actually calming and, and it does help with anxiety. I'm wondering if you know any, any of the neuroscience behind any of that. I don't know any of the neuroscience. I just think, and I'm getting it woo again on you. I just think energetically animals have a state of presence that sometimes we don't have as humans. And when you're with an animal, the presence they carry of just being in this moment and they're completely focused on you. We're so desperate for that as a society to be seen and acknowledged and somebody be with you because I, you're right now thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch. You're not listening to me right now. So I'm just using that example. It's it's true, right? I think that's what animals do. 
I don't know, man. It's 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 a really really hard case by case thing with anxiety, but we all have it to some degree, especially if you're an American. Just realize that there's other ways of living and what we've been taught in America. I'm assuming you're in America because we're anxious here. It doesn't have to be the case. Isn't there a thing that it's there's synonymous with confidence in that? Like, for example, my kids are going to summer camp, different camps every week, and every first day of camp they're so nervous leading up to it and then after two hours of being there they're great for the rest of the week mm. right so does anxiety work the same way in that like the unknown is sort of paralyzing but then once you're used to it it's better or gets easier i don't know it can if it's guided right and that's why it's cool that you know y'all can kind of navigate that my, my oldest daughter has I would almost say crippling anxiety where she'll wake up in the middle of the night and she's not can't breathe and I'll have to, and she has a pretty good life. Like there's not any trauma that I know of anything going on, but it's just like this natural innate thing. And I'm like, Oh God, what do we do as parents that I failed her in this way where she's so anxious. So some of it, I think you could be born with and I'll, I'll literally lay there with her and, you know, have to coach her through again. What do we do with that? Noticing it and separating it. And it's not easy for her. Um, but also, too, I think there's a gift in it. And I always try to tell Lucy, I'm like, there's a gift in you deeply feeling because as that anxiety is the dark side, there's a light to it of like you genuinely are empathetic and you care about people, you know. So even mm -hmm. with your boys, it's like that's really cool that you're anxious about camp. That means you really care about it. That means you really want this to be a great experience and kind of pointing to the light side of it. But that's me being a weirdo therapist. So sorry. <laughs> But my oldest kid is the same as your kid. He's got that anxiety. He'll wake up in the middle of the night, like panicking. And I'm pretty sure he gets oh that gosh. from his mom. But this younger brother is like complete opposite where he doesn't care at all about anything. And so he's just like, sometimes you want some of that superpower in you, but some, he's like a force of nature. Like he's just, you got to care a little bit, buddy. <laughs> this is a, this is a beyond thing, but full circle on, uh, on this folk, if chances are, so he's, consider this school thing like summer camp right it's like i'm pretty sure he doesn't feel this way as soon as september comes around or whatever like he, mm -hmm. he's because he's in it he's he's just every day is the thing where he's anticipating the leading up to it after day one the anxiety will dissipate probably 80 percent. just my yeah opinion. yeah I hope that helps friends. I know it's hard. It sucks, but that's why we do this show is just to like normalize all this crap. And especially being a creative in your forties, you're, you're balancing a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, but you got it in you. You can handle it. You can do it. You're a tough dude. Move There's on. something that you want us to discuss on the show. Find us over on Instagram. It is officially now new 40 podcast over on Instagram. Also linked in the show notes and we'll give you some terrible unsolicited advice. Can't wait for the next episode.